Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Daily Playbook. I'm your host, Carl Vogley, joined by my co-host, Mitch Lang, and special guest, Andrew Taylor. It is his 28th birthday today, so shout out to Andrew. Yo. Yo, nice. (laughs) So today we're doing round three of our special Game of Thrones episodes, and today we'll cover The Great War, or The Last War, whatever it's called. Mitch, you just finished watching it. Andrew and I have been sitting here contemplating what we thought about it. Give me your first thoughts. Uh, it was heavy. Um, it was exciting. Um, it was really heavy. It was very sad at some points. Um, I mean, we saw some major deaths, and uh, I don't know. I can't help. I mean, I called you right away, and I'm not going to say the word I said, but I was just like, dang. I mean, it was just, I mean, what an episode. Good correction. Good correction. Andrew, I know you're a little sad and you're kind of over the show right now. <laughs> Walk me through that. Uh, we've talked about it a couple times, but I think the show is... I think the problem with this season is that because of there not being as many episodes as there usually is, and I know last season had only seven episodes, uh, I think it just it feels really rushed and it feels kind of like the writers are trying to mop up everything as quickly as possible. And I think that's really hurting the show. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to say like the show's not epic or anything like that, but in terms of like how much time we as the viewers have spent watching the show and like learning about these characters and their motivations and like their journeys and everything like that to kind of see it all end the way it's been going just seems a little, it seems like too just it seems like too much like too out of character and like I don't know how I feel about it. I, I'm angry in a sense, but like I guess I don't know. It's weird. I, I just I'm not vibing with it right now, so that's all. Yeah, at the end of last episode you see Daenerys start to get a little angry that Masande's dead. And then you see her kind of take that frustration out on Varys because she's upset that he's going behind her back and wanting Jon Snow to to run the world. And he dies, and then she meets with Jon Snow, and you kind of see it when she wants that affection returned that she's showing him. And she goes, all right then. And you're like, oh, he's in trouble. Actually, not just he's in trouble. The entire world's in trouble. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was um that was a moment there and uh as if she wasn't already kind of on a on a road to kind of live up to that family name after john kind of denied her right there you knew it was going to be on yeah i know you have plenty of experience with women getting mad at you mitch not to throw you <laughs> under the bus or anything <laughs> Oh, come on now. But what do you do in that situation where you hear him say, all right, then? I mean, you have one or two options. And, you know, you either give in because you know you're not going to win this situation. So it's either you you walk away and you deal with it later or you stand there and, you know, it's going to be a long night. And at the end of it, you might not be happy with the outcome, but but you will survive. Yeah, yeah, option two is basically watch the world burn. Yeah. It uh it's tough out here. <laughs> so 
the big story, one of one of the big stories in this episode is you see Arya and Sandra Clegane, the Hound, on their journey to King's Landing, throughout King's Landing, throughout the Red Keep. And it's kind of a story that they kind of just bring you back to when he was helping Arya escape King's Landing to begin with. Yeah, I really liked that, actually. Andrew, what do you think about that? I mean, I know that you're kind of done with the show right now, but you have to admit that was kind of poetic. Yeah, I mean, I think I was expecting more from that sort of, like, re-team up. Where, like, obviously it's been a few seasons where Arya and, and the Hound have been together. And they weren't really, like, teaming up at that point, but it was more like him escorting her, that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean... I guess I was expecting more, but it was nice to see his character arc kind of wrapped up in the epic way that it finished uh, with him taking on his brother, his undead brother, basically. And yeah, I mean, I I, I guess I can really appreciate that storyline, at least in this episode. I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I know what Arya's intentions were, were obviously to kill Cersei, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the end of it all, I, I think maybe there's a possibility that Arya kills Danny at this point. And I think that could be interesting. Just, you know, obviously she was there like ground zero, seeing like all this death and destruction caused by Danny, who at this point has been kind of championed as like this, you know, uh, this, I don't know what, what's the right term. Queen of the Seven Kingdoms. Well, yeah, but like you know, like she protects like the innocent, that sort of thing. But then she's just like killing innocent people. Like yeah, this episode. keep in mind, these are the same so-called innocent people that called for Ned Stark's head. Come on now, like, yeah. These people, these people. I'm not going to say they deserve that type of slaughter, but they weren't as innocent as as you make them out to be. I guess you could say that, but. They're not the ones who were cutting off Ned Stark's head. I mean, you kind of just have to look at it in the way of, oh, everyone's chanting? Okay, I'm going to chant the same thing. Like, it's mob mentality, I feel like, you know, in that sort of situation. But I don't know. Jump off the bridge, because honestly, I would not. (laughs) Ned Stark is a good guy. Well, you got to look at it in in Ned's shoes. And you have Joffrey up there. Are you going to want to put yourself into Ned's shoes by opposing Joffrey? Or are you going to go with the crowd i like it i like andrew's point there sorry mitch enjoy jumping off the bridge <laughs> no but, i'm saying all those people jumping off the bridge following each other yeah, yeah. oh I'm true i'm staying on the bridge you guys can jump off together <laughs> i'm staying on it we'll, we'll hold hands while we go down yeah please we're, do we're gonna jump back to the clegane bowl that was Ooh. even even more poetic than Arya and the hound getting back together and you knew it was going to happen. There was no other way of that happening. <laughs> but before it happened, you see the mountain just toss Kyburn. And <laughs> I don't know if I've seen a more satisfying death. Oh, my God. It was great. Yeah, he was literally, like, alive. And then one second later, he was dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty, uh, I don't know. Uh, like, I never really had any beef with Kyburn. But, like, obviously he was pretty evil. So I, I guess yeah. you could say, like, okay, well, he kind of deserved that. But, I mean, it just happened so fast that you don't even, like, like blinking you missed I, it. 
I also loved how Cersei after that was just like, you know what? I'm out of here. <laughs> All right, you guys figure it out. I'm gonna go over here. Like, like, like Clegane could totally could have killed her, but he was like, "You're pretty much already dead, and I am too." So it doesn't really matter at this point. So yeah, he had one mission: getting revenge on his brother, revenge that he's wanted basically his entire life from being burned in the flames, and he does get it. But I loved when he was like, "Your grace," and then the whatever queen's guard yeah. comes after him and you just knew every single one of them was going down way too quickly even though they had the higher ground yeah yeah i thought that was cool and to top oh. it all off they get yeah. he takes him out by going into the flames just perfect for for sander to go out like that yeah it was it was once again i thought the writers did uh the best job they could with that and I just want to rewind real quick. That guy, the mountain, Gregor, Cl- Gregor Cleglane is, oh my gosh. Like, when he was stabbing him in the neck, how did he not drop him? He wasn't human. He was he was basically Frankenstein, and Kyburn was Dr. Frankenstein, or however that story goes. Yeah, but muscles work a certain way, like... You get stabbed in the neck. You're not holding anyone up with your right arm. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> that was a plot hole if I ever saw one. Like, it's just muscles work the way muscles work. Bones don't pick people up. Muscles pick people up. And no matter if you're Dr. Frankenstein or not, it's all going to work the same way. Well, I mean, and then if you're thinking it that way, you see him stab him straight through the eye, through the back of his head. There's brain somewhere in there. Maybe. He's basically a zombie, though. Like, that's the that's the thing, though, is, like, you have to kind of suspend your disbelief when it comes to that sort of thing just because, obviously, this is fantasy, science fiction, whatever you want to call it, um, fiction. But I, uh, I, I see what you're saying, Mitch. Like, you know, like, obviously, he's just, like, getting stabbed over and over and over and over and over again. But, like, he's not even, like, doing anything. But, like, a, 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 a dagger to the eye will will make him drop the the hound so i i don't know i i guess it was all just sort of like in the moment that kind of thing yeah and you utter some words like die you fill in the blank <laughs> i just love when he just laughed like three times through it like i couldn't help but laugh as well because it was comical like yeah. i mean like i said it was just so ridiculous that it was funny yeah well you knew he was gonna die so yeah. So um, let's ju- let's jump back to Jamie getting captured by Daenerys and Tyrion having this soft spot for his sister once again and getting Jamie out of there and sneaking him in so that he can go and convince Cersei that she doesn't need to stay in the castle and they can get away and live their life in Pentos. Why does he always trust that Cersei's going to do the right thing? Love makes you do crazy things, man. But I mean, I mean Tyrion, like trusting. Okay, Jamie, you can do this. You can convince Cersei, who none of no one else has been able to. I mean, he he obviously knew the love that his sister and brother shared with each other. He wasn't blind to it, and I don't think like he absolutely was positive that it would work. I think, as with anything, like no matter what your brother or sister, your sibling does, and I and on. Obviously, there, there's cases where, where people um, 
aren't that naive, but like you want to believe the best in the people that you love in. And he knew that if there was anyone going to change Cersei's mind, that it was going to be Jamie. So I think it was more wishful thinking um, than it was him thinking it was actually going to work. But he just took that chance on his family because, I mean, at the end of the day, they're his family, and, and I think that he loves them. That is true. Love, love is a deciding factor in a lot of things, and that's probably why John still trusts Danny. Although I guess we'll find out next episode if he truly does. But how about the Golden Company? I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that said Golden Company worst investment of all time. Did they do anything? They were weak. They got wiped out literally in like one blow. Like they were just gone. Okay, but that dragon. I'm sorry, but did that dragon grow like four times the size since last episode? He seemed m like massive. Now he's just and, more agile. Oh my gosh. He, I mean, he was destroying everything. Like, yeah. oh man, that was, it kind of took me by surprise, like how damaging he was. Um, and just think, I mean, Daenerys started the, started the series with three of them. I mean, even two of them. And it would have been over even faster, which is crazy. Yeah, I don't know why Cersei thought she had a chance. And I'm glad that the writers took it back to reality with their giant crossbows, whatever they wanted to call them, that they were shooting at the dragons. Aiming that thing and hitting a target hundreds and hundreds of yards away is nearly impossible. Thank you. <laughs> Next. I mean, those things didn't even stand a chance, though, in this episode. They were just, like, all gone within a couple of minutes, like. And think about this. Think about this. Thinking. In last episode, not only were they shoot, they were shooting the same scorpions, but they were on moving ships as well. They weren't stagnant on top of towers with a full sky. They were on ships with limited range and limited mobility as far as where they could swing that thing and still placed four perfect arrows, four out of four to start it off with. I mean, once again, plot hole. <laughs> I mean, see, that's what I'm saying, Mitch, is like, and I know it's, it is like kind of a little thing, but that I think that's why this episode, or not this episode, but like this season has been not doing as well as the other seasons because it feels so rushed. It feels not as polished as past seasons. And I think it really is hurting like the overall experience of like the whole series. I mean, obviously, you know, the cool thing these days is to be negative about it. But like I said before, like when you invest a lot of time, like we obviously do, I think us as fans, we deserve, we deserve like, a polished conclusion to something that we've invested a lot of time into. But, you know, then again, we haven't, you know, spent any money. Well, technically we have. We all bought, like, HBO subscriptions. So, like, our money is obviously, you know, the show itself. But I don't know. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Like, there's plot holes and little things here and there. And I just think that because there's only six episodes, I think that kind of hurt the show overall and... And I honestly, I, I, I've never really known why, like, last season was only seven and then, like, this season's only six. Like, why not just stick to the whole 
10 episodes and maybe it's just because maybe it's because the writers honestly like kind of ran out of ideas and they needed to wrap this up and they they felt like this is the best way to do it but i don't know i'm a little underwhelmed i'm a little disappointed but that's pretty much all i can really say about it so i mean i get what you're saying but at the end of the day i still think because we have so much invested in it we like there's some of us like myself who can almost forgive that right now because you have to understand like some some of these great shows it's exa- it's, it's exactly like you said they run about they run out of ideas um and then they have to somehow like tie up all this lore that they've dropped through i mean countless hours throughout all the other seasons and i mean it's a tough task but like i said they kept they keep it exciting and I'm just kind of more in the boat where I, I more forgive them things, even though I do acknowledge that, that yeah, it, it does feel a little bit rushed. And, yeah, sometimes them plot holes are there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Mitch. Like, the plot holes are there. The stuff's there. But this is the only show that I literally set aside time to watch it when it comes out. Other shows, you got Hulu, you got Netflix, you got HBO Go or Now to watch them well after they've been out. Game of Thrones is the one show where I just feel like you got to watch it when it comes out, regardless of the product on screen, because you never know what can happen the next week. It's great. But with the with the battle and Drogon just destroying all those ships, you see Euron getting tossed from his ship like, oh, crap, what did I do? (laughs) And you're like, did he die? No chance. No chance. Of course, he washes up right on shore where Jamie's trying to sneak in to get Cersei. And that was a battle I did not expect at all. Like, looking back, I should have seen it coming. He's going for Cersei this entire time. They have this little rivalry about who can do certain stuff with Cersei. <laughs> but I want to get physical, physical. Exactly, exactly. And I guess he's a Kingslayer once again. And Euron has this weird thought in his head that he was a king and... The baby in Cersei's belly is his, but what did you think of that battle? Uh, I mean, once again, a little convenient, like washing up on the shore, like right when Jamie's there. But I, I, I was there with you where you were like, oh, I think I kind of dig this. And I was like, yeah, I think I dig it too. Just because like Euron's always been, he's only been around for what, the last couple seasons, maybe three seasons. And like, he's just been a pain. Dracarys. So it was kind of good to see him get his... A pain in the what? Oh, sorry. Pain, Come on now. Pain in the butt. Sorry. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. Yeah. That's uh, my thing. Yeah. Whatever. It, the, kid, <laughs> the kids out there will be fine. Anyways, but he's always been in pain. And I think to see Jamie kind of be like, all right, well, I, you know, this guy has just been around. He's been, you know, an annoyance. So... You know, to see him get wiped off like like that was kind of satisfying. And, you know, Euron is cocky and he still thinks, oh, I killed the Kingslayer. But in the end, he really didn't. So, yeah. I uh, obviously, like you said, um, it was a little convenient for him to wash up and somehow still have the strength after. Apparently, I mean, you just float all the way to shore. You don't swim at all. So, you you know, you save your energy up for, for this major fight. But I was still entertained. Um, you know, I couldn't help but root for Jamie for all the reasons that you mentioned about Euron. Um, also thought it was, for lack of a better term, convenient that 
Jamie didn't just bleed out after two stab wounds to the abdomen, and he's not a zombie. All right, so I don't want to hear any of these Frankenstein excuses <laughs> because he's not one of them. No, he isn't. But what I really liked about that is they had both sides winning. Honestly, I could have seen Jamie dying in that scene, especially with the stab wound to the back and to the side. No way he makes it up all those stairs to get Cersei. Another plot hole. And it then is, all the way it back is what down. it is. Right, <laughs> right. As he's bleeding, it is what it is. I thought it was the perfect death for both of them. They're both gone. Obviously, some fans would have wanted a little more to see something crueler happen to Cersei for all that she's done to everybody. But I thought that was a good end, but an even better end. I don't know if you noticed, Aaron Rodgers was in was in this episode. Oh, yeah, I noticed. The only reason why I noticed is because before... Um, before the show earlier when I was, wa when I was watching the game, I, uh, I saw this little spoiler that said Aaron Rodgers may make his cameo tonight. So I was literally looking for it all night. So he was, if you didn't see it, he was one of the archers and Drogon, AKA Anthony Barr came through and just broke his collarbone <laughs> once again. <laughs> so good guys win. Good guys prevail. In this one, goodbye, Rogers. Hopefully that injury doesn't set him back too far this year because I know he is a big, big guy on being a team player. Huh. So so let's talk about Danny going mad in the actual battle. So obviously she destroys all of the scorpions. Now that we know what their name is, the scorpions. Thank you, Mitch. So she You're destroys welcome. all the scorpions and she's sitting there and Drogon just screams at all of the civilians and the people from Flea Bottom and in King's Landing. And then she just kind of looks at the at the Red Keep and she just gets this anger built inside of her. And I think the writers said it pretty well when they were talking about how she just saw all this stuff that her family had built here and how it was stolen from her. And so she was just like, I'm done with this. This is all going bye bye. Holy smokes! And when and when she when she decides to do that, Grey Worm ento, enters sicko mode. I saw a tweet that said that, and <laughs> that's exactly what it was. I don't know if he had if he had a spear on each end of that, like a sharp edge, and he was just twirling that thing around, and he was basically channeling Drogon, but on the battlefield. Oh man! <laughs> it was. Oh, that's my man right there. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have his girl no more. Yeah. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. Uh, so what did, what did you think of that? That whole scene with, with Danny going mad and Grey Worm and, and Jon Snow trying to hold back his guys from fighting? Um, uh, I think we saw it coming with Danny. Uh, I talked about it a little bit before. Um. I think, like you mentioned, I was just too real for her in the moment. She just, I mean, she, she's wanted to do this since the start, um, so to speak. But with all the buildup the last couple of seasons, I think, I think it even turned out worse for, for King's Landing, obviously. Um, and yeah, once she saw, once she saw the red keep and, and she got that look in your eye, you knew it was over and you saw what that dragon could do. Um, and as far as Grey Worm goes, <laughs> that sicko mode is, is is really funny because yeah, he was he was crazed, and I don't think 
I don't think Grey Worm is that heartless um, where he would have gone that far. But, you know, with Masande's death, it's again, love, love makes you do crazy things. And, and he was obviously mad. And I think John was, I mean, terrified at points. What did you think, Andrew? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I guess in that sort of situation, I, I don't, I don't think Grey Worm would have been the ty- is the type of person to be like, okay, I'm going to start murder- murdering innocent people. But, like, I, I, you know, I think when it comes to, like, soldiers and stuff like that, I don't think he has any issue. I think that's really who he's angry at. Not so much like, oh, I'm just going to kill everyone in sight. Um, and I know that, like, when it comes to the North, like, they don't really give a crap about, like any anything so like seeing all those like innocent people get slaughtered by like soldiers and stuff like that was kind of a given but when it comes to like danny like going mad i don't i i don't know if i can say like i saw it coming just because like i said before like she's been built up as like this this person who fights for the innocent this uh person who you know gives people the choice um and she really didn't give, like, anyone the choice here. You know, I mean, she gave Cersei the choice of, you can surrender now or, like, I'm going to light it up. You know, like, that sort of thing. But in terms of, like, the innocent people, like, they really didn't have a choice. And I think I think there is a moment there in the show where you realize that, or where Cer- Cersei realizes that, like, she messed up. Like, she should have surrendered, like, that sort of thing. But... I don't know. I yeah. just... I, I mean, know. the thing is, is last episode, though, Danny pretty much... Ivan Draco'd the world and said, if if they die, they die, basically, because she didn't care at that point. So I feel like she did kind of give off this air that she didn't care in the first place. And that's why I said I think we saw it coming. Obviously, not the whole show we saw it coming. But as far yeah. as last episode, she made it pretty clear what her intentions were. Yeah, but, I mean, there was that moment, though, where, like, she's stopping, like, you know, before she just starts killing everyone, not just the soldiers. Like, I think there's that moment of, you know, okay, like, I've taken out all their armies, I've taken out their soldiers, and then, like you said before, like, she sees a red keep, and it's kind of, like, this thing that has always been kind of haunting her, and I think at that moment it's just pure rage, and so... Mm it doesn't really matter anymore. Her morals don't, don't really matter anymore. And I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if that's good character development just because like, and at that point it's kind of just in her bloodline, you know, like that sort of whole, that like mad King kind of Mm -hmm. mentality. Um, but I mean, I don't know if that's like a genetic thing or, you know, if that's like what Targaryens are known for. But I just, you know, I don't I don't know if I agree with that. And I probably don't agree with it because I didn't see it coming. You know, like I just, yeah, you know, that's kind of how shows work. You don't really see it coming most of the time. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, they say I with Tar- they say with Targaryens, you flip a coin and whatever way it turns up, they're either going to be they're either going to be crazy or they're going to be all right. And good leaders. Yeah, I love that. I love that quote in the beginning of the show. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. You thought I forgot about it at the beginning of the show. I did. But today's episode <laughs> is sponsored by PJ's Appliance Outlet. They're located in Plymouth, Minnesota. They have all of your appliance needs. Refrigerators, stoves, dishwashers, washing machines, dryers. 
They even have TVs now. I was in the store recently. They have TVs. Beautiful picture. And a great deal. 40 to 70% off all the time. Go to pjsappliantsoutlet.com. Let them know that I sent you. Let them know you heard about it on the Daily Playbook. And you'll get an even better deal. Thank you once again to PJ for sponsoring the Daily Playbook. But now, the real big question. Why did it take Jon Snow so long to say the two words, fall back? Andrew, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I don't get that. Uh, I don't know if maybe in his... Maybe he just assumed that he could try to save some people. But, I mean, when, like, all your soldiers are just killing everyone, like, I don't really see... I don't really see you, you know, convincing anyone to stop. You know, like I said before, like, mob mentality. And I think at that point he just kind of realized, like, okay, like, this is happening... And then when he does finally realize, okay, like, we do need to fall back, I think it's just because, like, everything is just destroyed around him. And, you know, in the end of it all, if they stick around and they're going to die, like, they're, you know, they're just going to die. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, I don't know. Like, like, I see what you're saying, but, like, when, like, it, when they first just start, like, massacring everyone, I don't think him screaming fall back is going to do anything that's not going to stop them, so... No, he he tried to hold them back, and obviously it didn't work, and you saw that one of the members of the army was taking a female to a alleyway to do a certain something that is not appropriate for this show, and Jon Snow goes up to him, points the sword at him, and he's like, no, I'm going to do this, and Jon Snow just goes, no, you're not, and it just sticks him in the gut, and he did not do that act that he was trying to do. No. I I think Jon Snow was in shock pretty much the whole show. Yeah, I saw a tweet that said he realized it was like a picture of his face, just shock on his face of what Danny was doing, and it just goes, when you find out your girl is cray-cray. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think we've all been there before. <laughs> After they all fall back, there is one person left there that we're worried about. One person who we thought had a chance of killing Cersei. Obviously, she didn't. Sander Clegane told her that it's not all about revenge. If it is, you'll live the life that I'm living. Do you really want that? And she takes that as a little bit of a life lesson and tries to get out of there. And there is no easy way out of there. What did you think of Arya's journey, Mitch? Um, it was suffocating. I, uh, like I felt it. And and it goes back to the question, like, why why didn't Jon Snow just get people out earlier? I mean, whether his, his soldiers were were fighting innocents, I mean, he, he, like, everybody was at risk of dying. Um, Daenerys was tearing up the city, and like you said, there was no easy way out of there. And, I mean, her journey out, like was exactly what I said, suffocating. But I also thought, just like kind of Andrew, I'll take a quote on Andrew's book, it was very convenient that that horse was just waiting for her at the end of it. I think that was Arya's horse from the beginning. I believe she was riding a white horse. So how convenient. I think that, I think the, convenient. I think the horse was, was like symbolism, to be honest, like more of, beauty within chaos that sort of thing um i like that but i you know in in terms of like 
in terms of reality, in terms of sensibility, yeah, like a horse being there, like at that particular moment, obviously the chances of that, like, ever being a thing are like you know next to none but like i said before like i think that whole scene is more so like a uh symbolism and so to see her ride out on a white horse is kind of saying like you chose she's choosing a different life versus what the hound was choosing which was to get revenge i mean that's just what he's always been about and he's always accepted the fact that like nothing else is really going to work out for him besides like getting revenge. And, you know, Arya is obviously a lot younger than Clegane and, and, you know, she has a lot more life left to live. So I think like her leaving on the white horse is, is a sign that, you know, uh, maybe she, she might not want to be with Gendry, but she still has a lot of life to live and, you know, it's going to be doing something else rather than, killing all these people that were on her list so yeah you mentioned I see it a little differently yeah. see i think that she did have all intention of kind of turning away to a new life but once she saw the devastation that daenerys was putting on onto the innocents i think she kind of went through it all over again and when mm. she saw that horse and she saw the blonde hair in the sun i think it just kind of even egged her on even more. And like you said, it was convenient that she was there. And, and yeah, I think there was some symbolism as far as riding off into the sun on a white horse and, and choosing this new life. But I think she has full intentions of a revenge still. And I think she's going to be the one to kill Danny. But before we get to our predictions, you do realize that Arya has a heart, unlike Jon Snow, because she gives the horse a pet before she hops on it. <laughs> and Jon Snow can't even say goodbye <laughs> to ghosts properly. Oh, and the other comment I have on that is while she was going through all that chaos and trying to get out of there, Andrew mentioned to me while we were watching, he was like, she probably in the back of her mind is thinking I should have stuck with Gendry. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's silly, but you know, uh, and I, I think maybe there, were, there might have been a moment where she was like, I probably should have just stayed with the hound too. Like that sort of thing. <laughs> like I'd rather die within, you know, the castle versus like on the streets with all these innocent people. But in the end of it all, obviously she still made it out. So she probably wouldn't have, she wouldn't have made it out if she had stayed with Clegane. So yeah. Yeah. She starts to see the evil that Danny is causing by murdering these innocent people and I think that's going to help lead her to possibly, as you said, being the one who kills Daenerys, because that seems like the most likely outcome right now is that someone kills Daenerys and either Jon Snow is on the throne, Arya Stark, or even possibly Sansa. Yeah, I think it's going to be Jon Snow. I think that's what the people want. And I think that's what the writers are going to kind of write into since... You know, you kind of want to make the fans happy. And although it, like Andrew's mentioned, you know, there's been, there, there's been some problems with this season. Um, the one thing that they, they probably feel that they can't mess up is to win people over by having it end with Jon Snow on the throne. Or who knows? It could be Bran. I did see a hilarious tweet. <laughs> I saw a hilarious tweet. It was Bran Warging. And it said that he was watching the entire battle in IMAX. Oh, man. Yeah. That would be 
I'm sorry, but that is the greatest theory I've heard so far, and I actually hope that happens. <laughs> Andrew, what do you think happens? I know you're underwhelmed, so give me your most underwhelming outcome that could happen um, in the season finale. That it's like too predictable. I think like having Jon Snow on the throne is too predictable. I think like something like I think someone like Sansa on the throne would be interesting. Um, I do see Danny dying. Like I feel like that's kind of like that has to be what happens. Just because are you just gonna end the show like on kind of like a really not positive outcome? Like are you gonna have it be? kind of like oh well she's the new cersei like having to be you know just this never ending cycle of war and like betrayal and all of that so i mean like john john snow obviously is the right choice just because not only is he the heir to the throne and also he's just a good person in general but i just feel like that's way too convenient and I think someone like Sansa being on the throne would be interesting just because she was in King's Landing for so long. She kind of learned the ropes of being like ruthless, but she's not, she's not an evil person. She just knows how to play the game of Thrones. (laughs) And I I think like she has a shot at, at the, at the title or whatever you want to call it. Um, And I don't really know who else would, at this point besides like in terms of like people you don't see coming who would sit on the throne at this point like a lot of people have already died and i i mean it's you got your choices you get john danny or sansa pretty much that's like your choices at this point yeah cersei did say in the game of thrones you win or you die she died mitch mitch what's your what's your prediction your most exciting prediction something we don't see coming Oh, come on, man. Put me on the spot like that. Um, well, like I mentioned, I think it is um, going to end with, with Jon Snow on the throne. Um, I think Arya will be the one to uh, to kill Danny, And after that, yeah, she will turn to a new life. All the names will be crossed off the list. You knew there had to be one more, and, and I think that one's going to be Danny. Um, but all right, here is here's my wild prediction, though. Yes. I think that before Arya kills Danny, I think Danny's going to kill Sansa. I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset. Sansa's turned yeah. sour on me this this last season. But then Jon gets the Iron Throne but loses basically all the women in his life. <laughs> Every one of them. And I think I think that's what's going to happen. And I, I'm not going to say I think that's what's going to happen, but that will be my kind of bold prediction because, I mean, who really knows what's going to happen? Mm. I just wanted the Targaryen lineage to continue. I wanted John and Danny to end up together, but I don't see how it can happen with the way she acted in this last episode and yeah, how, she, how, she's, how she's turned mad. Yeah, who who's going to get the dragon? Does, does Drogon Snow. die? No. No, no, no. Is it like a- is it like Avatar though, where like you're only linked to your dragon? I mean, has has Danny always rode on the same dragon? Yeah. I mean, John's a Targaryen, and 
I mean, I think there's a chance that if he kills Danny, he, I mean, the thing's going to latch on to the next Tar- Targaryen. I don't think it's going to be an Avatar moment at all. Because um, let's just be honest, if it if if it's not a if 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 it is an Avatar moment, then that thing is just going to go nuts and the world is over. I mean, it basically already is, but we'll have to find out next week. That will be it for today's episode. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us on your birthday. Happy birthday once again. Appreciate it. Happy birthday. Thank you. We do have one more, so if you want to come on next week for the very underwhelming season finale, (laughs) we'd be glad to have you. I don't want to. I don't want to sound like negative. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just pointing out stuff. That's and cool. hey, maybe next episode, we just go over our favorite moments throughout the entire Game of Thrones series, just a couple no, because it'd be way too long. For, I think we should save that for a special episode, like maybe the following Monday or something. Just just add it to the show or something like that because. I think it's just going to be too heavy of an ending, and I don't think I think when we have maybe a week to kind of think back on the entire series as a whole instead of just being reactionary to the last episode, I think we can make a good episode out of that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good episode too. Anyways, I hope so. You guys will have to let us know. Please subscribe, rate us five stars. Let's keep it going. Tomorrow we'll be talking about sports, but that will be it for today's episode of The Daily Playbook. Again, thank you for listening. I'm your host, Carl Vogley, joined by Mitch Lang and the birthday boy, Andrew Taylor. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Love you guys. Bye. Jenny would dance with her ghost. The ones she had lost and the ones she had found. And the ones who had loved her the most The ones who'd been gone for so very long She couldn't remember their names They spun her around on the damp old stones Spun away all her sorrow and pain And she never wanted to leave 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 Never Never